thousands of robots picking apples in the orchard. Yes, this is 2022. Tevla Robotics reimagines fruit picking. An Israeli rabbi gives a religious Jew permission to break Shabbos. And yes, it's been done before. And goodbye to Tufshin Pei Beis and all the great Jewish music that accompanied it. Yassi Zwei joins me on the squeeze to talk music. Stick around to the end of this episode to hear that fun conversation. This is the Weekly Squeeze. I am Kanala, your ridiculously talented and charming host. So glad to be with you. I'm realizing that I will be with you for the rest of your lives. <laughs> every hour of Yom Tif, every hour of Shabbos, every Monday and Thursday for the rest of your lives. And you'll be like, you know, Hanala is that best friend that we never knew we wanted in our lives. And for those of you listening who are like, hello, you are my best friend. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> All right, so I saw a video today and I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Why are there flying saucers in the apple orchard taking the apples and spinning them and, and, and flipping them side by side? Like, what's happening and, and where are the Arabs that are supposed to be picking the apples? Like, it's super cool and, and nobody's talking about it except me here on The Squeeze. So check this out. Tevel Aerobotics. Yes, Tevel. Tevel, like Tevel from, from Helm but not in Chalm, in Israel, they have a phenomenal new process for picking apples. So instead of hiring immigrants and paying for their visas and their health insurance, and you know, apple picking is not exactly the most exciting profession in a young person's life. So instead of all that, the farmers here in Israel realize that they need a new plan, a new technological solution to solve these problems. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's pretty simple to pick apples with machines. Is it? You know, there's trees, thousands of them with apples, and human beings make a judgment call when you pick the apple, if it's ready to be picked, you know, exactly how to pick it with enough force that you don't smush it. And the concept of machines doing this kind of work, it seems a little crazy. But leave it to the Jewish cup to design a futuristic, I would say it's a truck uh, a kind of spaceship-looking machine that you order from Tevel based on how many apples have to be picked that week or that day. And they send these futuristic truck machines that go through the orchards and carefully and methodically uh, send out these kind of hands from this truck that have these, like, swiveling circle things that twist the, the apples off the tree and then very gently place them in this truck, but not before scanning them for ripeness and weighing them. And by the time these Tevel Aerobotics technology apple picking robo trucks are done harvesting, the Israeli farmer has on the app a detailed diagnosis of his orchard, what was gleaned or, or garnered or collected or reaped or whatever word or called <laughs> is used in, in farmer language. And that, my friends, is how apples are being picked in Israel. So when you're sitting in America on Rosh Hashanah with your beautiful green apple or your red apple that was imported from South America or something that you got from Whole Foods that cost $16 because it's a honey crisp and it's the size of a watermelon, just remember that in Israel, our apples are cooler than yours. That's right. All right, this is an era of Rosh Hashanah episode, so I'm going to try to be on theme and talk about things connected to the high holidays, like fish. You know, that's a big part of Yom Tif, eating it, and Tashlich. So the other day, my son brought home two goldfish from school. Yes, like in the 50s, in a plastic bag, except in a jug. But they're still doing it in Israel. I wasn't aware of this, but apparently in second grade, every kid gets two goldfish. And at first I was like, wow, I am so impressed how nicely he's taking care of these fish. And we're changing the water and we're helping him out. But overall, he's remembering to feed them and say good morning to them. And it's all great. Now, personally, I don't like having animals of any kind, creatures of any kind in my house because I don't want to make sure they're alive. I really don't. And now I'm completely stressed out because I have a fish tank or a fish jug, you know, in my living room. And every time I sit in the recliner next to it, I look into the jar to check if the goldfish are dead. I know they're not going to live forever, but what am I supposed to do if one of them starts going into cardiac arrest? Like, am I supposed to do fish CPR? It just feels like a very big responsibility. And now I, I have this pressure to go buy a big fish tank and a filter so we could keep his two-fair-cock, the goldfish, alive. Anyways, I'm very stressed out, clearly. And on top of it, Rosh Hashanah's next week. 
By the way, in exactly one week from now, you'll be sitting in Chol wishing you had made more food. Did you go shopping yet? Because I did not go shopping yet. There is nothing in my fridge. And I've been a week without a washing machine. So I am. Fo- I have completely other focuses right now. But I'm calm. Do you know why I'm calm? I'm going to tell you right now. I downloaded Reezy's app finally. Yes, finally. You know how these things are. You hear about something, you're going to do it, you'll get to it, and then you don't do it. Well, that was me with Reezy's app. I was super excited about it. I did the three-day trial. But then this week I downloaded it, and lo and behold, she has an entire menu for Yumtif. Everything, soup to nuts, literally planned out. Plus, if you pay a little extra, she'll come to your house and make Yumta for you. No, I'm just kidding. That's not an option yet. But on the app are dozens of high-quality, gorgeously created and curated videos. The content that she's been sharing on social media for all these years, the content that's made her the queen of the Shabbos tables, never mind she has two gorgeous cookbooks. So she has a menu plan that you can get on her app with everything else. Print it out, jot down the ingredients you need, and make every single thing on the menu, which is exactly what I'm doing, because I don't have a plan. I open up the cookbooks and I'm so overwhelmed. Thank you, Razy. Now I know what soup I'm making, what mains I'm making, what appetizers I'm making, what desserts I'm making, what dips I'm making, how to make them, and I get to hang out with you on your app, and every single week a new video drops. It takes me all week to watch it. I watch it slowly, I take it in, I enjoy, I discuss it with my mother, and now I can discuss it with you. So get the app. The link is in the show notes. You know what to do. Scroll down, click on it, and make Yumtif. Like a mensch, like a balabusta, like me. Somewhere my mother and my sisters are bowled over laughing. <laughs> like you? <laughs> you mean like your husband and the caterer that will be stepping in last minute because you are very dangerous in the kitchen. That's right. By the way, I'm going to talk a lot about the show notes on this podcast. Sometimes I'm going to share links for cool things that you could see. Sometimes I'm going to share YouTube channels that I think you should subscribe to. And sometimes I'm just going to put a link to something totally random. And you're going to have to guess what I was trying to tell you. But the show notes are where it's at. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, on any app, on any website, the show notes are right there under the episode. Everything green is clickable. It opens up on your phone. It opens up on the Schminternet. And yeah, we'll have this this thing going where I say click and you click and then I come back and then I say click something else and you click something else and everybody's clicking and everybody's coming back and everybody's happy. And now to the story that caught your attention because it certainly caught mine. Listen to this headline from Israel Hayom. Rabbi gives religious Jew permission to violate Shabbat for satellite launch. So that piqued my curiosity. Turns out there is a Jewish engineer that had to be present on the SpaceX missile site and deal with various technical matters because the launch window was restricted to Saturday. Now, before you say, well, why didn't they just reschedule? Let's get into the details. A SpaceX rocket that delivered an Israeli satellite on Shabbat led to a rare situation in which a religious Israeli engineer got permission to violate Shabbos so that the mission could go ahead. I'm reading word by word so that nobody tells me I didn't present this properly. We want to make sure that we have all the information because it's Erev and And then it's all, this is all good. We're trying to do something positive here. We're trying to share joyful Jewish news. So the engineer turned to Rabbi, it says Manchem Pearl. Maybe it's Menachem, but I believe it's Manchem. Manchem Pearl, who, by the way, spoke out during coronavirus about halachic rulings made by a group of rabbis permitting the use of Zoom software to allow seniors in home quarantine to participate in a virtual Pesach Seder with their extended family. So Rabbi, yes, I'm right, it's Menachem. So Rabbi Menachem Pearl is the head of the Tzomet Institute, an Israeli high-tech nonprofit organization specializing in IT equipment and electronic appliances designed to meet halacha. Stuff like Shabbos elevators, all those Shabbos lamps. Clearly, they're working with satellites now. So anything that has to do with IT and there's a halacha question, it goes through Rabbi Menachem Pearl. So his response was as follows. He said that we can work on Shabbos, or he could work on Shabbos, this engineer, even if it meant physically being present at the launch site so he could join the rest of his workers on the bus that would bring them there, provided the bus wasn't with just him on it. It was being driven for other people as well. And he should go to the launch site on Shabbos telling this engineer that having the launch go as planned is of the highest public interest. Listen to this. Improving cellular coverage through the launching of this satellite 
could prevent life-threatening situations because of instances where people would be able to call for help in areas that were previously without reception. So it's pikuach nefesh. Amazing. On top of that, he, he goes on to say that having an Israeli engineer take part in such a project of such importance is of great value as it pertains to technology and the state of Israel, and that is why under Jewish law it is permitted. Very, very interesting. I don't have anything much to add because I struggled with algebra, but... You know, I think it's fascinating that halachic minds are involved in all this kind of stuff because it's a Jewish state and everything we take in consideration, whether it's turning on a dude on Shabbos, the hot water thing, or what happens on Shabbos when, say, the electricity goes out. My kids always wonder, well, the the engineers, the electricians, they're Jewish, they can't work on Shabbos. But we explain to them, we don't need our lights on, but there's hospitals that have patients on respirators or, or people that live in our neighborhood that need electricity or it could be a big problem. So because of Bikuch Nefesh, not only is it allowed, but that's the way it has to be. By the way, a few of you requested a longer episode of the Weekly Squeeze for the week of Erev Yamtif, and you're going to get it. Okay, so let's talk about the queen again. Yes, the queen has not even been buried yet. People have been shuffling by her coffin for the last 48 hours in a 13-hour single-file line that included celebrities like David Beckham, just to walk by and nod in front of the coffin and pay their respects. Now, it's beautiful. It's beyond beautiful. But think about it. There are millions of people in England who want to pay their respects. And her son is no youngster. Like, if they don't bury her soon, he's going to have to wait online for his funeral party. So, yeah, at some point you wonder, wouldn't it be more convenient if they just brought the queen to the people? Do you know what I mean? Like, just brought the coffin to the people? And that, my friends, is why it's so beautiful to be a Jew, because we don't run into technicalities like this because everything is done in a way that is for the body, for the gof, for the kavod of the mace. And we don't end up in these situations where people are wondering if it would just be easier to fly the queen in a helicopter over London a few times so everybody could stand outside and, and wave to the sky. Anyways, the queen is being buried today. And if you are English, I continue to extend my condolences. If you're American, let's move on. All right, I just want to check the New York Times for one quick second, just to be sure that in the last half hour, they haven't put out yet another article about the Jews, because everybody's still discussing this. I saw a video of a Hasidic guy walking in Williamsburg or Park, and and a crazy woman clearly comes up behind him and and pushes his strimal off. And I'm just like, dude, turn around and smack her. Yes, smack her. If somebody comes over to you and puts their hand forcefully next to your head, that's where self-defense jumps in. Stop being such a lemachal. Seriously. Uh, If videos would go around of these Hasidic guys turning around and punching some guy through the glass of a pizza shop, then then people would stop creeping up on them. I'm sorry. Punch back. So over it. Yeah. Don't don't mess with me. (laughs) Okay. By the way, I totally forgot to go over Israeli news for two weeks in a row, and I just want to quickly tell you what's going on here. First of all, the other night there was a sinkhole, a sinkhole, in the middle of the highway going into Tel Aviv. Like a hole, a massive hole appeared in the highway. Now, we have new roads. There is no reason that a the ground should cave in on a main highway. It's a nace that nobody was hurt. But then I was thinking, I know why Hashem did this. He wants to send the message to all those Bahrim who are like, should we go to Slichas or should we go to Tel Aviv? No, you should go to Slichas because going to Tel Aviv is dangerous. And you know what else is dangerous? Arabs driving trucks like Mishagayim and intent on murdering Jews. In 2017, four Israeli soldiers were killed in a truck-ramming terror attack in Yerushalayim. One of them was Cadet Shir Hajaj. Why am I mentioning her? Because this week here in Israel, a new Jewish community near Mitzvah Yericho has been named after her. The little fledgling town is called Shir Tzion in memory of Shir Hajaj. And they went on the record saying that they call upon the government here in Israel, here and now, Do not, God forbid, cause any harm to the new community named after our daughter. We, together with our extended family, our entire extended family, will defend and protect it. Wow. Well, their daughter uh, lost her life defending Israel. And I think that's a beautiful thing that they were able to channel their, their personal pain and their loss and preserve their daughter's memory in this constructive way. And when I have a chance, I will go over there and probably film some of what's going on there for Instagram. But what you could see now is a desert, 
out in the heat. A bunch of bounce houses and families that will be building there, enjoying the first experience that they have on another piece of the land of Israel, the land that belongs to the Jewish people now and forever. That's right. All right, so Marvel has a new superhero that the Jewish people are really excited about. Those of you who are into comics, I'm personally not, but let me first tell you what the Palestinians think of Marvel's new superhero that will appear in its next Captain America movie. So this is what's circulating by the Palestinians and anti-Semites. Marvel announced that Israeli superhero Sabra will appear in its next Captain America movie. The superhero, who is often depicted wearing an Israeli flag costume, duh, has a deeply racist, anti-Muslim origin story that dehumanizes Palestinians. (gasps) Stop it. Sabra's superpowers, he goes on to say, were created in order to serve the Mossad, the Israeli government's notorious surveillance agency. In real life, the Mossad uses invasive surveillance technology to spy on Palestinians and has killed admired Palestinian figures like Palestinian writer Ghassan Kanafani. Never heard of him. By day, Sabra is also a police officer with Israeli military training. Israel's police and military are known for their brutality and violence against the Palestinians. And therefore, this Sabra Israeli superhero lady is a terrorist. Well, I added that part. And now a little bigotry from our favorite anti-Semites over at the New York Times. In 2013, when they were talking about the new Marvel movie, they wrote, quote, don't blame its diverse heroes. In 2017, New York Times celebrates, quote, the newest superhero is a shape-changing teenage Muslim girl. But now in 2022, after Marvel announced that it will be bringing an Israeli superhero on board, the New York Times feels like they are doing it. At their own peril. Well, yeah, at your own peril, because we are going to kick your Gaish Tochis. Which is exactly what the Hasidish guys in Bar Park should be doing when somebody comes up from behind them and knocks their, their strimal off. Anyways, if you're wondering who they cast, they cast that girl who shaved her head in that movie that everybody was talking about. I don't remember what it's called. Her name is Shira Hass, and she's going to be the superhero, and I'm sure she'll do a great job, but whatever. You know, things get so complicated so quickly because... When things are not 100% in line with Tyra values, it's not MS. And when there's no MS, there's so much falsehood. And one thing Hollywood is known for is its falsehood. So, well, it's always nice for there to be a female Israeli superhero wearing a spandex superhero suit in a big Hollywood movie. The superhero we're looking for is coming on a donkey with a long white beard and a shaifer in his hand. Bimhera v'yameinu mamish. Okay, it is time to get to the conversation I had with Yassi Zweig. He's an old friend. We've been talking music for 20 years now, and I called him up. I said, Yassi, would you like to be on the Weekly Squeeze with me and just talk about music, all the great songs that came out in the last year? And he said, sure. So there he was, a few hours later, talking music with me. So I'm going to share that next. But first, not Daily Giving, although by now I hope all of you have signed up for Daily Giving. Yumtif is momentarily, and Stucka is on the to-do list. So go go take care of that. Uh, but first, Ilanit Get Fit Ima. I've been advertising for her for weeks now, sharing everything about her plan. Now, if you're going into Yamtif apprehensive because the food situation is just terrifying, I could relate. Sometimes you just need somebody at your side. So go to the show note links, click on the link that will get you to Get Fit Ima. Ilanit, my friend, great gal. And take a listen to Ilanit present her program to you herself and just do it. You know, you've been thinking about it every episode. Go click on the link, sign up with her, and then come back and listen to the music interview with Yassi Zweig. Hey, this is Yelanit from Get Fidima, founder of the Healthy Lifestyle Academy. It's a step-by-step proven formula that coaches and supports you to level up in all aspects of your life. I made a strong promise to myself years ago that all the fitness and nutrition advice I share not only must be simple, sensible, and sustainable, but aligned with our Torah values. I believe you can and I put you to the test. I want you to look at something right now, some goal that you want to reach that you've had a lot of setbacks over. Maybe you've already given up and maybe you just need a little spark, a little fire, a little encouragement to get back in the game in a sustainable way and feel like it's time for change. Start with one small step. In Healthy Lifestyle Academy, you set goals of what you like in the next 90 days to happen. You take control of obstacles holding you back and together we figure out where you can use some help. Here's what it includes. Life support and accountability for 90 days. Together we create your individualized nutrition guidance plan. 
In other words, we keep adjusting it to see what works and what doesn't. We move in love and get in shape with fun workouts that build strength and endurance as you go. You get daily five-minute mindset coaching, specifically where we all need the most, is during the month of the holidays in Tishrei. It's habit-stacking formula, one tiny step at a time, you don't even feel it. And you get to reclaim your health, your energy, by mapping out, planning, and committing to smart goals. Fully guaranteed. Because Healthy Lifestyle Academy, your results are the priority. That's right. You're held accountable and guaranteed to set to the goal line just by showing up and doing the work. If you're ready for actual real results, check out the link to a Healthy Lifestyle Academy in the show notes. This is the Weekly Squeeze. We are a family-friendly show, and our goal here is to entertain Jewish women, men, children, who are, however people identify. You want to identify like a potato latke or a Hanukkah donut? That's fine with the Weekly Squeeze, but we are here to entertain, and one of the things that I'm very passionate about is Jewish music, and that's why I invited you to come on the Weekly Podcast and share a little bit about Jewish music and all that jazz. Yossi Zweig, what's up? Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, our relationship goes back to 2005 and 2006, back when I had my, my music magazine for three or four years. I was printing That's right. a, That's right. a free full-color magazine, and, and I reached out to you. And we actually, we did an article, no ifs, ands, or buts about pictures, but we had a three- or four-page in-depth article about Hanala's career. We were the first ones to cover that. Only up and up since then. That's for sure. So let me ask you, let, let's, let's talk about this year that has been in Jewish music. And we'll, you know, we'll, we can take it okay. in a few different tangents, but there's a few basic things I do want to cover. First of all, has this been, in your perspective, a good year for Jewish music? It definitely has. It hasn't been a good year for like the Queen or, you know, Donald Trump, but for Jewish music. For Jewish music, it definitely has been a good year. It, I'll be honest, uh, COVID kind of slowed down the market a lot. You know, some people were able to work on music and some people. It kind of put a damper on everything. There weren't performances, which meant there weren't income, which meant there wasn't money to invest into albums. And it's been a lot slower since COVID. There's been a lot since of since COVID. Yes. Why do you think that is? Well, I just said there was a lot. There was a loss of income. There's a loss of creativity. Every you know. I see. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, you know, if people are down in the dumps and depressed, and you know, Hello, family the best members songs passed away and whatnot. The best songs come out of despair. Number one. Pain. And pain. Correct. Number two, I don't know, because if you are an alien that landed from the moon and it's 2022, you see Benny Friedman singing every single week a new Jewish music video. I mean, he must have sung everything besides Let It Go by now. He just, that guy just churns him out. You have Mordechai Shapiro just putting out a fantastic album. You have Yoni Z putting out you know, Jewish pop. You have a massive pirate music video with some enormous budget, probably the most expensive music video that Jewish not, music not ever put quite, out. Not quite, not quite, but close. What's not the most quite, expensive? But close. Uh, it would either be one of Shweki's earlier ones or Garel Baz with Nissan Black, the uh, L'chaim one probably, one of those. Chai Rasha is my most impressive, my, my, one of my favorite music videos of all time. It's just so amazing. Our show had a large budget, but it wasn't as large as you might think because they consolidated. And instead of flying they, to Europe or to Russia and getting all the in, extras. They did it in Crown Heights. They just brought all yeah, the treatments exactly. and every schlepper in town. They put them on a little uh, casquette and they had Harasha. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you hire a guy like Rifkin that really, really knows his craft. Yeah. But also Benny just, he gets into it. He just completely becomes the song. And I think that is why people continue to use him to sing their songs because he really becomes a bottle to the song and you see it. There's just something about the way he sings about Amora or a Rebbe that really makes you feel like he's connecting to the lyrics and it's not about him. And I think that's a very important Wait, by the way, did, did the Morris song did the Morris song insult you as a woman? Let me tell you something. I am never insulted because I okay. tend I'll tell you why. I don't take things that seriously that I'm always on the lookout for people trying to, you know, cut me down. It's not all about me. So I miss these things all the time. So when Benny Friedman sings a song about Amora, I didn't watch it and analyze and say, where are the Moras? Or why is Benny Friedman singing a song about Amora? But then, you know, people start to talk. And then the more you talk, the more you think about it. And then at some point, I'm like, why is Benny Friedman singing a song about the Moras? And where are the Moras? And I'm sure you say, oh, well, you know, he sang a song about the Rebbies. 
And then there's Chastelev, which is donating to the Rebbe's. And people are saying, hey, what about the Moras? So we have to balance it. And then you had the other thing. Vizakani came out and they were like, uh, wh- why is a guy singing about a, you know, about a woman talking about? Devorah and, and, and Bracha recorded a classic in that song, in that video. It is so stunning. I know you didn't see it. It is stunning. It's well delivered. A great song for them. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Benny and Baruch are amazing. But Devorah and Bracha, they just, they owned it. The other one you keep, you, you didn't mention, which I don't know if you saw, was the Chovetz Chaim Heritage Foundation did a song last year called We May All Be Different with Benny and Joey. That was a spectacular, spectacular song. And it hasn't been covered by women yet. Joey Newcomb, it's very interesting. I kind of missed the boat with him because the thank you Hashem threw me off. I was like, not because of the thank you Hashem. First of all, by the way, when I interviewed Joey the first time years ago, he said he grew up listening to Marvelous Minos Machine and Kalbach. Now, once I'm telling you that, does that like now you're like, oh, now I get it. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> this, see, Joey Newcomb for me is like Uncle Maishi. But so did I. It's Uncle Maishi Uncle for adults. Uncle Maishi on steroids. It's Uncle, Uncle Maishi, Maishi for, for adults. <laughs> I just, yeah, oh, but gosh. but people love him. I, I, you know, the Joey Newcomb took me a while to understand. I think I understand some of it. Zusha, I still, I'm completely clueless. Um, I'll tell you, I was talking about this with my mother just today. And I was saying that a lot of this more folksy, indie style Jewish music, mm-hmm. it really takes people time to to take it in because most of us don't listen to anything other than mainstream music. So there's, you know, I mean, when you're on Avram Friedmord, Heaven David died for 40 years, like when Joey Newcomb and, and Zusha come on the scene, you're like, say what? Even Eighth Day took time for the community to get used to their sound, a more, you know, a little more indie sound. So you can't, you can't ask me about Eighth Day because uh, I was working with Sameach back in the day when their first album dropped and I, I, it was weird and I loved it. Here but you most go. people, okay, Mahala, most people don't even know their first three albums. Nobody knows the Eighth Day. Nobody knows Brooklyn, and nobody knows Eighth Day Live. The only album they know is the album that had Yalili. They don't even know there was material before. So that. what? So, so you what? didn't really. Uh, you can't call yourself. My opinion, you can't call yourself an Eighth Day fan, and you can't understand the phenomenon that is Eighth Day. Okay, hang on. First of all, I just wrote a song with Eighth Day, so I can call myself any type of Eighth Day fan that I want. Okay, so you're the exception to the rule. And by the way, really nice guys. They're very nice. Like everyone who works with them. I mean, the Freemans are just a—they're just a class act, and I mean that in the nicest if way possible. I can tell you that I have listeners that are—they have the word rabbi before their name. They're not rabbanim or anything. Meaning they probably have smicha and they're, they're in the the education world, and they go crazy for eight day music because the the lyrics and the themes behind the songs are so deep. They can appreciate that, even though it's quote-unquote pop music i like eighth day (laughs) we all do okay let's talk about some of the songs this year that came out of left field or or were produced this this is you know this concept of tzedakah organizations producing music videos to raise awareness for a particular issue or subject or tzedakah that didn't really exist before youtube and before the internet and when when we were making music in 1997 correct so you know, you get a song from Ellie Schwebel where he's sitting by a piano singing about survivors and you're just like, what, what, what is happening? What, what is happening here? What is this song? Well, Ellie's also so, the exception to the rule. You're talking about what a, rule? the rule of, okay, I can sing songs and buy them from people, but I won't write them myself. Or, you know, even the secular world, you had, you know, bands like the boy bands and they, they didn't write. They just, they, they sang whatever the producers told them to sing. Here you have a talent. I'm sorry. You're saying he's an exception. You're saying he's an exception because he writes his own material. He's an exception because he writes, arranges, and produces. He's a triple threat. He does all of it, and, and he produced his music video. Why? Because he learned it over COVID while watching videos online how to produce music videos. I know, but I also do all those things. But we're talking about somebody else other than you. When we get back to you, I understand that. But you, when I'm one second, I'm not. I'm just saying you said he's an anomaly, but he's not. There are other people who can do these things. There are a lot of people who could do those things. There are very few in between, truthfully. In the Jewish music market, hundred percent. Name me, name me three. Fine, me. (laughs) Okay, you, Ali Schwebel, Ari Kunstler. Well, Kunstler. 
Kunsu what? can he write. He produces no, his own music and he plays. Um, I mean, you have guys. You have guys like Freilach. They could play, arrange, compose. Uh, you know, but they write won't do scores. the video. Well, so they're different pieces. Yes, the they Freilach, do. They do different pieces. So the Panzu. There's a lot of three arranges, but see, Blumenfeld arranges beautifully and masterfully. You know, but I, I don't know if she writes. I don't know if I've well, really right. <laughs> whatever, all of his talent, he makes up with his personality. God bless Ellie Schwiebel. He does. He is a very big, <laughs> big, bold, loud, outspoken person. Like somebody else I know. I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. I have no idea. Anyways, hang on. So Ellie Schwiebel puts out this song this year. People really loved it. And then six months later, he and Mayor Kay and a bunch of other hairy guys are wearing shaitles on a boat making a over-the-top music video for A.B. Rottenberg's long-awaited Journeys 52, was it? Five, Seven? five. Don't make it more than it five. is. Five. No, every album is a gift. But So he comes out with this album, and that's the song they decide to... No, one second. Was there another video before that? There, it wasn't a music video. The Benny Friedman song was definitely... Uh, they put uh, they put together a visual to it. Chavayim Kol Yisrael. Uh-huh. And then, right, but that didn't have as much hype as this. No, one. and then there was supposed to be a video for Baruch Hashem as Shabbos, but then Shweki released it Baruch Hashem as Shabbos. So yeah, back and forth. Right, right. I just saw Shweki here. He performed in Haifa, and we went Rafal mm-hmm. and I, and it it was great. We went to say hello backstage. I have to say, I was very impressed because I said, "Let's take a picture," which I usually don't do. But for Schwecky, I'll wow. you know, I'll pretend. Okay. I rarely do that. And he was like, "With the husband, with the husband." Like he didn't even blink an eye. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, Shkayach, very nice." He's actually going to be back in your neck of the woods. The special children's center is doing their first ever uh, concert. Yes, he's singing at the Sultan at the Sultan yeah. Pool over there by your yeah. line by the walls. You know what? He has a great um, voice. I mean, no question about it. I thought he was really good as far as pitch and delivery goes. Mm-hmm. I've seen performers sing and it's been sloppy and Shweki really takes his vocal seriously. Uh, so yeah, And they have a great a visual that goes with it, all those screens with the visual companion to everything. Yeah. Um, by the way, yeah, speaking yeah. of Shweki, did you hear that new album that he released this year, the Elevate, the uh, wedding album that he released track by track? I did. You did? I did. Okay. We listened to it. It's a good album. We always uh, do. You have a favorite track music. or not? Because I, I have two favorite tracks on that album. Um, no, not specifically. Go ahead. Which one I like the tracks? Israeli rock set by Amir and Devere, and the um, okay. what was the other one called? The uh, disco set by Burkow. They were very, very good. Yeah. Well, when he does Sephardi music, he shines. So he should just stick to that. I mean, even the truth is, his yeshiva stuff is classic, but people do like him singing with the whole Sephardi Israeli vibe. That's all. 100%. Good 100%. By the way. All right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're, you're talking about Israeli artists. You know, Akiva just dropped a brand new single last week, and Americans are going, we Americans love are going gaga Akiva. over Akiva. Really? Which one? What do you mean? What's the new track called? I mean, it's a new track here in Israel because I haven't even heard it the yet. The song just came out. Uh, when, I had my show Wednesday, so it was Wednesday. It's called Besha Achat. I don't know. Everything he sings is amazing. He has a song about um, Chayalim and about you know the the, the army mentality, mm-hmm. and it just he's so so full. I did a cover of one of his songs. I translated it to English, and I put it out after the Surfside Building uh, tragedy. Mm-hmm. And his his melody is unique. He's great. He's not Ishai Rebo. There's only one Ishai Rebo, but he's he's a great He's performer. not, but he's in the same vein, so to speak, stylistically. Yeah, yeah. We like him here, too. Um, I was on Instagram today, surprise, surprise, Ooh. and I was going through the Jewish Music Online Instagram feed, kind of just going through the last year, what came out from the men. Right. I got to say that 50% of it are Aksidim. In, in, in Strymlach, singing at choirs at weddings or harmonies or little boys, there's so much Hasidish music. And I'm just like, who's listening? I mean, I know who's listening to it, but we're not listening to it. What do you have to say to all of that? Uh, videos, especially those kind of videos, go over very well, especially when those videos are going around WhatsApp and Telegram or, or your other services. So you have to remember, a lot of the Hasidish people are not necessarily watching on YouTube, even though there's a nice percentage of them that do. Uh, but the videos make their rounds, like I said, on Telegram and WhatsApp, and they're just, let's be honest, they're, 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 they're the hype of the market. If I can tell you, like, 10 years ago, Lady Falkowitz and, and Daskal were telling me that a lot of the gigs they were getting, the expensive gigs, were more modern crowds that wanted Hasidic singers at the weddings. 
you'd be shocked. They're like props. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's, props. they just love it, you know, and they're showing it off to their friends and, and everybody's happy and they like it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, somebody's paying for these people because they're at a lot of weddings and they're filming. I wish we would hear more from Strums. You know what I'm talking about. 100%. I wish they'd put out some more original material. But, you know, for them, yeah. for them, they only do, I don't know how many gigs a year. I don't, I don't think they're, like, crazy That's busy. That's the thing. They don't. Right? So, so they, they're not concentrating the on their original content and putting on Spotify and, and, and whatnot. They'll have their, their right. videos by a simcha and have somebody to collaborate that'll help pay for the video. And then they put out the video. Right. So for those of you listening, you probably don't know Strums. Strums is a Hasidish. Their, their stuff is beautiful and harmonized and really well performed. But they sing um, Kumzitz music. They're an acoustic band, pretty much. They're an acoustic band. Is it Maishi Guitar, the lead singer? No, Maishi Guitar has nothing to do with them. It's, uh, oh, I have to remember the guy's name. Sometimes I confuse, sometimes I confuse like no, Maishi no, Guitar. It's, I think it's, uh, other... his name is Brown. Yeah, least... I remember his first name, Brown. Let's talk about Ari Goldwag. <laughs> I am brown. I love Ari. Ari. Ari is... Respect. Respect all the way. First of all, he's just a Talmud Chacham. 100%. Just, Not only that. Yeah. First of all, I remember when I had my magazine back in the day, Hanala, Ari came to America and I met him for the first time. Like we're talking, emailing, and he took covers of my magazine and whatnot. And I'm walking down my stairs and he's, he opens his arms wide and says, brother, come here, give me a hug. And I'm on 52nd Street in Boa. Ari Goldwag? Yes. He, the first time he saw me, he pretended he didn't know where 52nd Street in sure Boa Park. Sure 52nd Street in Boa Park between 19 and 20. All my neighbors are outside. And I look at my wife and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? She's like, I don't. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to ask him for his autograph. No, I'm like, <laughs> I, he wants me to give him a hug in the street in front of the whole crowd. He is amazing in acapella, mm -hmm. and every single year he puts out something. And thanks to two him things. and to two things, two acapellas. That's right, amazing. And and thanks to Benny Friedman, "Whispers of the Wind," "Whispers of My Heart," amazing. Also, Benny Friedman's "Whispers of the Heart," excellent. We listened to that a thousand times, and I'm obsessed with the Maccabees. Like I could listen to their stuff. I do. I listen to their music literally all year long. Everybody does, but you know, between the Maccabees, you also have the Wise Studs, and you also have some other. Uh, Israel has their own uh, acapella group as well, boy group. Not super popular, I'll tell you. Are you talking about the ones that stand on Ben Yehuda, the guy who like owns these little Sephardi kids and makes them sing for money? I wouldn't know. No, probably a different group. <laughs> a different group? Uh, what I'm saying is that the problem with the acapella groups is that some of them do covers of secular music, and that is not appealing to a large amount of Jewish people who listen to Jewish music. They feel like acapella is not an excuse to suddenly dip into the secular music uh, resources because you're trying to be different. And that's what Maccabees does. You know, we don't talk about Bruno, the, the, the biggest Disney song of the year. They did an acapella version. They never hesitate to use secular music. The thing is that Maccabees mix it up. They also do some amazing Jewish from covers, Melech Machem Lachim, I'm obsessed with, and their mom, their, their song about Rachel, and, and just, they're incredible. So I let them into my space. But then they do a Justin Bieber cover, and I'm like, why, why, why? So that's why Ari Goldwag and Whispers of the Wind, Whispers of the Wind, what are we, what's it called? Whispers of the Heart. Whispers of the Heart. The from people really appreciate. No, they do. But then again, the thing about that is that's Donnie Gross. And Donnie never went for the, you know, beatboxing, all arrangement kind of thing. You know, he he had a series called, uh, what was it called? Uh, in the Rain. Oh, what's it called? A cappella? Dancing in the Rain. Kumzitz in the Rain. Kumzitz in the Rain. Kumzitz in the Rain. Dancing in a Kumzitz a cappella in the Rain. Correct. And he was always very much, you know, wanting to keep true to the actual audio, you know, to the actual arrangement and vocal and harmonizing without, you know, without, you know, overdoing it and making it sound too, like, too much like music. So when him and Benny made that collaboration, they wanted to keep that theme. Needless to say that they created that first album in literally a week and a half between me and you. It was, it was like, which is amazing yes. because I listened on headphones and it's pretty tight. I mean, that is a beautiful production, all things considered. But when you can sit down and you know bang out the songs when Benny can do them beautifully, and then him and Donnie will just sit alternating harmonies or whatnot. That's technically what gets it done. By, by the way, you're still a fan of Maccabees. I'm a bigger fan of 613 because unlike the Maccabees, the 613 guys actually have their original songs, some of which have taken off in mainstream Jewish music. Okay. You know how hard I'm that is? Not. Composing a song and releasing it in acapella never with music? Right. But but Maccabees 
Um, they had enough albums that by the time 613 came along, I was just a diehard Maccabees fan, and they were like enough for me. <laughs> I think 613 came out first. Ha! Impo- no. Yeah, and 613 well, has discovered- eight or nine albums already. Okay, so then I discovered them late. Okay, but whatever, you know, listen. You're I, in Israel, you're behind the times. I'm certainly not behind the times, but I will tell you that a cappella could be a contentious uh, topic during Sphira because there are many people who are like, make it stop. It's awful. Make it stop. And then there are the diehard a cappella fans, usually the people making the a cappella, <laughs> who no. love it and appreciate it and want more of it. So what side are you on? I'm an a cappella fan. I, I love the purity of it. I love the realistic of it. I love how you can do all these things with voices and nobody ever thought and they can give a song a full arrangement and make it sound like music without being music. It's it's not like I'm listening to a cappella in place of music. Uh, obviously, you can't listen to me. I mean, it's good enough. Keep in mind that I, I just got out of my year almost a year ago. So I had a year of, of, of not being able to listen to anything unless I was actually working on it. But Acapella is pleasant for me to listen to. Not all of it, most of it. Ari stuff definitely. And you know, yeah. Ari's gone up and down, meaning he had more more acapella in his music a few albums ago. He was doing more arrangements, more beatboxing and whatnot. And now he kind of toned it down. He wants to have it more simpler and more simplistic. But to put out a yeah. darkness into light album for the three weeks and a regular acapella soul for Sphere, you know, the last two, three years is ridiculous. By the way, Hanala. 13 to 14 acapella albums. Do you realize that Ari's dominating the airwaves worldwide during Sphere in the Three Weeks? Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen the stats on, on Spotify. I've it's ridiculous. It was such a smart yeah. move over time to keep making yeah. Ellie Gerstin. And also, it's it's free. Yeah. I record acapella and it's free. I don't have to pay anyone for anything. I sit oh. here, I sing, I tune, I throw it up on. I mean, you could have someone mix, but yeah. Ari does everything himself. So over time. Certain albums he had more yeah. more help with certain albums he didn't you know he also he's a busy guy and he can't do every little thing that he's doing. Well, he's one of those guys that could sing, write, record, he definitely arrange, could. and do all of it. He definitely, yeah, could. one of the anomalies. One of the anomalies. Now you brought up before Yoni Z. I wanted to mention Yoni's album was a very big surprise for us in the music industry because you know we didn't know what kind of stylistics he would go after his first album. First album was very Israeli heavy. And uh, I remember when I interviewed him, a lot of fans were like, you know, there was, we felt there was a lot of like high notes and screaming on the first album and nobody knew what the second album would bring. But fans were amazingly impressed with the music style listings of the second album, the difference, the different tastes and vibes you're getting, but also how he had a lot of very soft spoken songs that his voice really shined through. So he was, it looks like he was taking feedback from the fans. Well, that was, first of all, yeah, that was a great review. So if you never heard Yoni Z's album, <laughs> you'll probably go download it after this podcast. Um, Yoni Z is somebody who really loves to perform and loves to sing. Like, he loves the spotlight. He wants to create good music. He's determined to create good music. And yes, he's had some missteps. He definitely has had some missteps. But he does get to the heart of the matter when he focuses on his strengths and yes, I agree. There were some great songs. I love the song "Crown." I'm obsessed with the song. Yeah, Crown. we. I well, I know because I've Crown. I've seen you uh, talking about it, and I've saw that you posted that you covered it. So I definitely know you're a, a major fan of that one. Yeah, I'm a major fan of that one. Even though I would have written the song a little bit different, but it did. I just felt it was a song that the girls should be singing. It's not they should be singing, but that a woman's voice would be. Would 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 be just make more sense considering the lyrics and the whole you know Queen Esther vibe. So I just felt like you know what I'll do the community a favor and do a cover <laughs> so they have it in a female voice. Let's talk about thank you. Hashem oh, for a you get to say your favorite song and I don't get to say mine. You have a Yoni Z favorite on song? this album? Yeah, Koach is my favorite. I, I happen to like Koach a lot. Okay, I don't know. Okay, did you did you read the lyrics? It- do you know what the song's about? I don't remember. I've every album that the comes song out. Song Koach is is a song of thanks to Hakadosh Baruch Hu from a performer for letting him do the things that he's done to be a shliach to give it over and to keep performing in it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love Koach tahar tamid Everything for you. He's like saying Hashem, it's all for you. You know, please give me the strength to keep doing what I... That's, you know, how many singers wrote that? They they wrote Tfilat Kalan, Tfilat Hassan, but they never wrote a Tfilat for a singer. Well, say, Avram Fried wrote Kamatov Shanifgash. Okay, correct. That's a great song. Correct, 100%. That's a great song. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a better Avram Fried album 
than uh, the, than the one that came out when we met Elia. Or the Israeli album. The Israeli album is the best Avram Feed album. I love every song on that. I know the truth is there is no best Avram. No, no. You're looking at me like there is no, no, no. no, best no. For everybody, album. for everybody, it's different. I, I have one. I have one best and one favorite. What does that mean? The best one I have is he did an album with the Prague Symphony in Israel years ago called Imeshkochech Yerushalayim, which was I don't know probably about a good fifteen years ago with the Prague Symphony and the whole orchestra and everything. So that was like, you know, imagine some of your favorite Avram Fried songs with a full massive symphony and choir. So that's like like what Metallica did when they did the symphony. Yes, album. just not hard, not not hard rock. Yes. Um, so that was my, that's my favorite one. And my uh, one that I really connected with was uh, Brocha Vatzlach. Yeah. That one that had don't hide from me on yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Oh so. my gosh. I remember in high school, I listened to that album when I heard don't hide from me from the first time. It's st I stopped in my tracks. I was like, what is this? This is so different. Oh. And this was before auto tune. This was just like and that album had the uh, Chavivi too. Chavivi. Every yeah. song was a gem. 100%. Every song on that album was excellent. Adam Daig, such I good songs. Been, such a great album. I must have been about 13 and I was going on a train for the first time to Toronto to take a Fahar and Yeshiva. And I went to the local Judaica store, which was in the basement of someone's house. And I bought a cassette, put it in my walk. I mean, that's all I listened to the whole trip. And I just, I really connect, you know, music connects you with whatever's yeah. going on in your life. It was also a great album. It was, it was just a great album. It was yeah, like, give a just, it hit the that spot. Song, give a yes, yeah, so. yes, it hit the spot. Yeah. And listen, once you've listened to that, you're Avram Fried all the way. Um, so it was a big year for... Yoni Z came out, Morocco Shapiro came out, ben, uh, Barry Weber's Carbon, which was a very unique album arrangement wise and song wise for Barry you know would Barry never know what exactly he's going to be releasing he, he grows mm -hmm. very much with his style every album so you, de you definitely yeah. had also, those he's three busy, he's busy on a farm with chickens and eggs and whatever he's doing yeah, over he's there. a Russian shiva it's not easy yeah, Joy Newcomb <laughs> of a farm Joy Newcomb with yeah. Big Avoidus you know Simcha Liner with Home which is you know also not your typical liner album you know who I saw pop up on my, my Instagram feed singing? Uh, Michal Streicher. Is that possible that I saw him singing something? Long story. He was he was incarcerated, <laughs> then he was out. Now he grew his beard back. He's in Israel. He put all of his music online for the first time ever. And he's yeah. releasing new music, but uh, I, I don't think he can sing like he used to. Also, you have to connect to your audience. It's a new, it's a new generation. Yeah. Um, let's just talk for a few minutes about some of the more alternative bands. Okay, let's go. There are so many hits that you know didn't come from people that we ever heard of before, but for some reason they put out a great song. Okay. You know, Masifta of Waterbury is a perfect example of kind of a one-hit wonder, and then people wanted more, so they continued to make more music. You have no idea how much music they have. I, I, I just finished I, I just finished uploading their music to a, a new platform, and Hanala, some of these kids are so insanely talented. English music, very mainstream, but some really heartfelt songs about some things they're going through. Well, that's why the listeners connect. Yeah. And that's something that some Jewish artists don't have. They're not writing songs that deeply connect with their fan base, with their listeners. Correct. And that's a very beautiful thing. So I, there's definitely a number of recording artists that have these uh, very specific fan bases, the Yeshiva Bachrim or the Seminary Girls. I got to tell you, the my, daughter's, my daughter sends me a WhatsApp. Tom, my friend's birthday is next. Uh, what is she? They're now 17. This is when they were 15 or 16. Her birthday is next week. Can you get her a message from Ellie Dax? Wishing her happy Ellie Dax. Ellie Dax. Is, no, nephew? no, this is Ellie. They're not related. They, they're not they related. might be related, far, but yeah, he's one of the Waterbury guys. And so I, I like message Ellie. Ellie's like, yes, yeah, I really can't. I'm, I'm a single guy. I'm a yeshiva. Like, even though like I'm, I'm a more with it yeshiva guy. Like, I, I, I can't. And you know, they're smart. I mean, they're saying no. Right. Then you have the guys like David Perlman. They're, you know, he, he, he wants to, he wants to yeah, be 100%, a big star. Yeah. Just released a new song yeah. Thursday. I don't follow his career uh, very closely, but I'm sure it's everybody. I'm everybody's sure career well has to be on on my on my radar in order for me to be on top of everything. So yeah, you more than me. I'm, I'm not taking that away from you. Okay, so Waterbury, who else is on your list? 
All right, so I'm just thinking of names that pop to mind okay. because the truth is I don't listen to so much of it. Mm-hmm. So you would probably know more. You throw some names at me, and I'll see if oh, there's a great it. guy out of Israel named Horai Arielli, which has some very popular stuff that I know the kids here are really, really loving. He just released really this, in Hebrew. Yeah, he just released his first EP called Man David Letav, but he has a bunch of songs out there. Nohar, do you say? Nehorai Arielli. Oh, Nehorai, Neho, Nehoai. Okay, Arielli, Arielli. Um, so like Jonathan Scheinfeld? <laughs> no, no. Jonathan was known as a kid. Jonathan put out a bunch of, you know, he put out two or three albums. With I Fadida. loved his albums. Before his voice broke, I was like. I his voice is still very sweet. I hate to tell you. He's, he, and he's an amazing songwriter. He is. He's an amazing songwriter. He wrote a few songs for Ohad music. and a few yeah. other guys besides himself. He's an amazing songwriter. I have out of Israel a singer, Kobe Brumner. Don't know. Also. I know, I know Mati because you know my father is a big fan of Mati Steinmetz. So everybody's a big fan of Mati Steinmetz. He's so cute. We need more guys like him. Um, I don't know. He just has something. There's a big fan. My 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 good friend over there, um, Nimuel Harosh, very talented guy. He is amazing. Did you listen to his debut album that he released back in February? No, but I listened to him at the Benny Friedman concert, and I was like, "This is," this, and also everyone in the audience was singing. So I knew like. They love yeah, him. And people love Hanan Ben Ari, you know, not just a red guy. But I love my kid, my Hanan girls ben are really like aloof Haolam and, you know, his new songs. They, they, yeah. they go crazy for it. Everything. Yeah. Every single song that comes out here, every single girl in the from schools is singing. And he's coming to it's America amazing. in November. We're very excited. The yo. I don't think he speaks English though, but he's he has a lot of personality. The one the song he wrote about Yosef was such an interesting song. Yeah. Do you know what it's yeah. about? Do you, I'm saying, do you 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 go through his songs like lyric by lyric? No, but I I understand Hebrew fluently, so when I listen to them, I listen and I hear the lyrics, and I'm like, wow, this is really good stuff. And it's very interesting because some of the stuff you cannot translate into no, English. No, you can't. It's just but the Israelis have an advantage to write as far as writing. When he came out with Wikipedia, I understood that one, and that was like a really you know deep song about uh, <laughs> about you know the way the world's being you know. And he has a song Lola Vod, which is a great song. Rega, of course, most Israeli, you know, Americans know. He that doesn't song. put out fillers. He doesn't put out fillers. Oh. He's and really then he had this this creative. this klezmer song Imtirzi, which was like so. Yeah. You know, it it plays here twenty four hours a day. Crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, and it was also such a r- interesting vibe. Yeah. Like the style of that song is like a Scottish. Da, da, I don't know da, what it is. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's very very. For like this Israeli Yemenite looking, yeah. you know, Middle Eastern guy. And the whole video was so... like in an, in an elevator or something. I remember seeing something there. Like yeah, he's very quirky. Um, let me ask you, what do you think is coming next year as we go into five seven eighty three? Or what have you heard? Or what do you predict? Or uh, also, we were worried about Jewish music for a hot minute. We really were because there was a, there are a couple of years that it was a real doozy. Yeah, and there were, the hits were few and far between. We've definitely made some space, mm-hmm. and there are more more creative people than ever on the scene. And you have the women, you know, just creating nonstop. Hundred percent. Some some better than others. That's just the fact of the matter. Hanala's still at the top, but in any case, at least as far as this podcast is concerned, <laughs> the podcast for sure. What do you predict in the coming year as far as music goes, Jewish? Uh, well, I know Avram Fried is trying to finish up an album that he's been trying to finish up for a while. He's waiting for that one song. Literally, that's what he told me. Uh, I have that song. Then, then, I have that song. Then go call up Cyril and tell her, hey, get your husband to listen to my song. All right, I'm going to make some calls. You just have my the gears running in my head. You okay, don't, you don't have enough contacts on Carroll Avenue to get it done? <laughs> MBD also has an album, to, more, more than one probably sitting on a shelf somewhere. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He retired six times. He's like, Cher, I'm leaving and then I'm back. I'm leaving and right, then I'm if back. If it works, it works. You know, I mean, let's be honest. You know, after his, his last album, you know, the quote unquote last album, which most of the fans, you know, didn't really go for. It was too Hasidic. It was too this, too that. Then he came out with Saka, which was, you know, more mainstream than we expected. So yeah. And we were like, what? Like, we thought you were going that that other way. Yeah. Um, Lashinsky produced that one. Yeah. So we have that. And Yidl, who, by the way, we everybody loves Yidl stuff, especially the last few albums. from four. People loved one, two, and three, but for four, from Shirla Melech and four and on, people love this stuff. Y- Yidl is, Avram, is Mordechai David's yes. son, in case you didn't know. Yidl is, uh, is Mordechai David's son. Mordechai David is Yidl's father. Yes. Um, <laughs> the word of grace. They were both yeah, exactly. in Eretz Yisrael as of this morning. Uh, by the way, Hanala, which shul overlooks the Kaisel? Is that like Aish? 
the Kai Salshul. Yes. They were at they were at they were at Slichas where you saw like a semicircle mm-hmm. window was overlooking the the Kaisal, and then they had it like a kumsitz afterwards. So yeah. Oh, that's where Jamie Geller works. That's where we meet for coffee. Interesting. Sometimes. So yeah, they were day. there and you know also he's looking for like his last three. He told you, Yossi, I'm going to Israel this week. I'm looking for my last three songs. And everyone's like, Oh, last three songs are gonna take two years, but you know you know, it's like that. It can be 10 years between albums, but when it comes out, you're like, you're fully invested into it. Well, sometimes you have a song that makes you want to put out an album. Yeah. So if the right song comes along, it's worthwhile. So we have a couple of new albums coming yeah, up. From my buddies, our- Rogers Park have some really cool music coming out. They have a song called Helm, which they filmed a music video upstate. That's cute. Yeah, it's a really good song. You'd love it. I'm telling you, I, I got a, I'm looking I got forward. a preview and they have two other songs that they're coming out with. And of course, it, Oh, one second. The most important thing for everybody listening to know is that there is an app coming out, and this is still kind of under wraps. I got a message last week, a little bit. I got a message last week that they're going to be sending me a prototype of it to give a you know give it a spin. I I I discuss this on my podcast, and overall, there is an app coming out that is going to be the answer to Spotify. 24 six it's called i have and- i have my app i've been testing it out and uh we're looking very much uh, forward to rolling it out do you predict by hanukkah everyone will be using this app or it's, it's very hard to predict anything hanukkah, hanukkah that's the truth let's be honest i do hope people use the kosher alternative but you know if, if you're like most people and you have like a, a an lex in your house you know you probably have a google uh play subscription I know, but Jewish parents are sick and Correct. tired of Jewish music infiltrating their homes, and I think they would be—I would be thrilled—to right. give my kids a device that only access Jewish music. Like that could be—that would be such an amazing solution. And the opportunities for growth for singers and entertainment uh, entertainers and singers and musicians and magicians and everybody is 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 amazing. I mean, who thought that Tovito? Would would be the success that it is? No, I did. Day, they, you know, Chaim, they almost closed the app. Yeah. You know how many times he almost yeah, closed the app. I, I remember Chaim's when he told me that lucky. they were going to close shop. He's, yeah, by the way, he's working on some amazing things. Chaim is is an insanely talented guy. I remember when he started just with his first few Mitzvah Boulevard DVDs, and he had this grand idea about a an app, a website, of this or that, and he was going to do live <laughs> shows. You know, it's it's it, it's a very topsy turvy world. You never know what's going to what's going to happen in, in in reality you never know what's going to work what's not going to work but uh yeah they're they're doing amazing things. i love his work ethic is worth it i love his worth it i love ethic. his work ethic his go. work ethic is and if it doesn't work we'll try something yeah. else <laughs> and it's, it's it's the reality you know that's that's the way it works but they're I, what i love about them is they're always putting out you know quality product they're not like you know, doing cheapy versions of whatever it's going to be animation just to try to cut the dollars. I remember when he did Mitzvah Boulevard one and two, he had me come down. I, I acted in one of them and I, I did an interview on the puppets in one of them. And, and, and he's, he's lying on the floor in his house under the couch with the puppets. I know. You know and, I've been there and it was, you know, I've been and there. it was real to people. Like I remember I went to Detroit the year after the album came out and people were like you, you did the deluxe and you did Messina. So, yeah. It's, it, that's what it's about. What do you mean? Because of him, the Bella Bracha exists. 100%. I mean, if I, the amount of kids that listen to that stuff. So, yes, Kolakavot to him for committing to Jewish, uh, Jewish entertainment the way he has. I think it's fantastic that people continue to push despite, like you said, COVID, despite, you know, budget issues, despite the constant reminder that the Jewish market is small. And the same thing that the men feel in their circle, you know, that. Perhaps they'll never be as super successful, at least materially, that like the secular singers. Right. Uh, you know, the same experience that you're having, the women are having on their level, and it is what it is. We're Jews, and we're not meant to be the most famous singers in the world. End of story. This is not a business that's reward that that rewards you financially. It's a business that rewards you spiritually. And I know that you know that the singers and yourself and myself, I could say this, we have all been on the receiving end of tremendous hakara satay for the things that we've done for the Jewish music business. I hear it every single day. We bring the most meaningful, heartsedic, uh, unique songs to people. We we have kids singing in hospitals, Jewish songs that uplift people's spirits. We have songs that inspire people to give tzedakah and songs that show that we care and songs that show that we're besimcha. I mean, the Jewish music 
Jewish music is just like nothing else. It moves people like nothing else. Are you rolling your eyes at no, me? No, my wife just walked in the room and she's a big fan, so she's she's giving me that she's giving me that <laughs> smile. By the way, we went we we went on a road trip this summer. We had to go up 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 upstate for Shabbos, and the USB in my car wasn't working. That's where my music is. So my wife said she's going to put something on. I said okay, and then your voice rolls out of the speakers. <laughs> like she's like she's like you always know I'm listening to it, but maybe you want to hear what it's about. And I was I was just amazed. Like I didn't know like where the show would go if it would be like on one topic or and you just you like navigated smoothly to like 15 <laughs> things that were going on in the world. And I was like, wow. I was she's like, yeah, that's why I like it because it's not just one thing and it keeps going. I don't mess around. I don't mess around. Well, I hope people could appreciate this conversation about music. Yes, he's like a Erlechayid who has brought so much to the music industry. I am grateful that you've been here all these years. So thank you for your service. I appreciate <laughs> it. And thanks for you, you know, you to keep putting out quality products for our mothers and daughters and wives to listen to. That's right. That's right. And our fryaks and our bums. And that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, you too. All right. There you have it. The Weekly Squeeze, episode 46. Hope you enjoyed. Be safe out there. I saw a video today of a, of a kid fall out of the car. Here in Israel, a three-year-old fell out of the backseat of the car. Every parent's worst nightmare. He's okay. But just be careful. Thank you all so much for leaving reviews on the podcast, dropping five-star ratings. And really getting the show to be as popular as it is. I'm flattered. I'm grateful. I'm glad to be here. You keep sharing. I'll keep sharing. And we're all going to live happily ever after. Have a wonderful week. And I will see y'all on Thursday.